This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and this is Gigi Well Played, the show that talks about all things video games. In this episode, we're going to talk about the implementation of NFTs in games and whether that's really a bad thing. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ofnil Ting and Dashan Johan. Thank you, Hanif. Let's kick off our show with PlayStation VR 2, which was talked about by Sony at the recently concluded CES 2022. Sadly, there were not that many details revealed by the company apart from the name, which will be called PSVR 2 and some specs. There was no release date, price or images of the hardware. But let's talk about the specs. Firstly, PSVR 2 will be using a new controller called Sense, which will provide haptic feedback and adaptive triggers similar to the PS5 controllers. As for visual fidelity, the headset will be 4K HDR with a 110 degree field of view and foveated rendering. The display will be OLED with a resolution of 2000 by 2040 per eye and frame rates of 90 or 120 hertz. Mm, the PS VR 2 will also include inside-out tracking with four built-in cameras as well as an eye-tracking feature system that allows players to interact more intuitively with the game that you play. But speaking of games, they also took the time to announce the first game for the device and that's Horizon Call of the Mountain, an exclusive game developed by Guerrilla Games and Fire Sprite a company that specialises in developing VR games and was recently acquired by Sony. Nothing much was revealed in the short teaser trailer that was unveiled, but the game will take place in the Horizon world. Exciting stuff, so let's wait for details on the hardware, including how it looks and more importantly the release date, which is rumoured to be at the end of this year. Up next, Mario Kart 9 is reportedly in development. Despite the success and ongoing popularity of Mario Kart 8 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, in an interview with GamesIndustry.biz, a game industry consultant called Dr. Serkan Toto said that the game is currently in development and apparently will come with a new twist. He also said that Nintendo might be teasing it this year. Oh, I'm pretty excited for this one. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was released five years ago. And that version was a deluxe version of the original Mario Kart 8 that was released on the Wii U in 2014. It's been a while since they last released a new Mario Kart with some analysts suggesting that they have been pretty quiet with the franchise since the release of the mobile edition of the game called mm. Mario Kart 2 which was a bit of a downer. Will we actually see a new Mario Kart soon as a fan? Yes, I would love to see one. Will it be released on this current Switch or a future machine? We'll have to see and wait for that. Yeah, we do have to wait indeed. But up next, we're only in January, but the organizers of E3, one of the gaming's most famous conferences, has said that they will not be organizing a traditional in-person event, choosing to perhaps continue with a virtual event like last year. Now, they've released a statement saying that the ESA, the organizer, has cancelled the June event due to potential risks from COVID. While the announcement was made recently, some journalists have said that the decision was perhaps made before Christmas last year. Huh. Well, it's implied that they will host the event virtually. There are also rumours saying that the virtual version of the event might not happen as well, with the event losing its luster and publishers and uh, developers choosing to venture out and do their own events rather than relying on E3. Mm. The emergence of a competitor in the form of the Jeff Kiley-led Summer Game Fest Gamescon opening night live and of course the Game Awards has also put a spanner in E3's shine. That's right. In fact, the ESA's announcement of 
in-person E3 being cancelled, Kylie immediately tweeted saying that Summer Game Fest would return. I guess we'll see whether we eventually get to see E3 in person again in the future. But moving on, famed game designer Hideo Kojima has outlined his plan for 2022, including working on a radical project as well as making further investments to the video team. He also said that he might want to pursue something new like a radio project of some type. Who knows, Kojima might want to start a podcast project soon, which could be exciting. Hmm. Anyway, he has said all these things on Twitter. He started out by acknowledging how difficult 2021 was and how despite all the challenges, they managed to release Death Stranding Director's Cut on the PS5. He also hinted at solemnly preparing and experimenting with new titles. And that is perhaps the radical project that he was hinting at in his next tweet that mentioned the phrase radical project. Mm. It's always interesting to see what Kojima is planning to work on next and this extends to even the video team project that he hinted at which might be in reference to the film and TV unit that he opened in 2021 that's based in Los Angeles. That team will focus on working with creative and talented professionals in television, music and film. I'm not going to lie, Death Stranding feels like a very niche game coming from Kojima, but at this rate, he's so influential that you would always want to follow and know what he's planning to do next. Mm, Definitely. So that's all we have for this week's news. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Afnil and Dashun. In the past month, a lot of big-name developers have started expressing their interest and intention in implementing non-fungible tokens or NFTs in their games. You must have heard of Ubisoft with their Quartz. Square Enix president outlining their plan to embrace the trending tag in their New Year's speech and the latest one, Konami, capitalizing on Castlevania's anniversary by creating limited edition NFTs to commemorate the momentous occasion. The reaction by the traditional gamers has been largely negative. They're against it and see it as nothing more than a greedy attempt by these developers to make more profit. But why is that the case? To look at the topic from a slightly different angle, we're going to talk to Gaston Young, the CEO of Monstack Guild. Uh, my name is Gaston. I go by the name uh, Gaius when I'm playing games. So uh, I'm a pharmacy by profession, a gamer by heart since young. So, so my crypto journey started actually in 2021 around May when uh, the crypto market was down. So I realized that that was when it, it was the right time to enter because it is quite uh, cheap to buy some bitcoins, Ethereum. Then uh, when I j- a journey into crypto, I found upon NFT gaming, right? Because I'm a gamer and I realized that from NFT gaming, I can enjoy and at the same time, I can, you know, get some pocket money to, to sustain myself as well. So I started NFT gaming journey with Axie Infinity uh, under the scholarship of Monstax Guild. Okay, later on, I had a few other games and uh, I, I kind of uh, submerged myself into this NFT gaming space ever since. All right. Okay. Uh, what is Monstax Guild actually? Okay. So Monstax Guild, uh, we started off as an XC Infinity Scholarship sometime in July, right? It was uh, founded by a few friends of mine. We started off with only 12 scholars, but as of January, we already have 1,000 uh, over scholars from uh, Malaysia, Singapore, Korea, and Philippines. So those are the countries that we're currently in. Besides gaming, right? Because uh, humans are social animals, right? We like to have... Uh, gathering. So we have a lot of community events. We went for uh, kayaking, PUBG Live. We also uh, held our own uh, poker tournament using uh, our SLP as rewards, which uh, SLP is the, the, the coin from uh, the games. Yeah, I see. All right. So, and you mentioned um, Axie Infinity. It's a pretty popular game uh, within the crypto realm, right? But I don't, I'm not sure whether it's as popular within the traditional gamers, but for those who are not as familiar with Axie Infinity, perhaps you can explain to us what game is that? Yeah, sure. 
Axie Infinity resembles something like uh, the Pokemon card trading games, so uh, as well as Hearthstone. So it's turn-based and a uh, 1v1 uh, versus other players. There are also PvE element, player versus environment, which is fighting the computers. So then there are tokens uh, being minted. So tokens are uh, the blockchain uh, tokens, whereby we can actually exchange them for USDT. And then finally, if you use Luno, we can send them over and, and cash out as well. So that's how uh, play to earn works. So if, you, you, if you're good at the game, you'll be rewarded. If you're bad, actually you'll be punished as well. Okay, so um, in order for you to play this game, you can't just play with the mindset of one thing to just earn, right? You need to also be, be good at it one way or another. Yes, you're right. Because if players come in with the mindset of just want to earn, then they, when they have difficulty, they will not uh, put in the effort to learn more. So most of them would quit, especially if, let's say, the token price has uh, fell down tremendously compared to when they joined, most of them would quit. So I guess in the play-to-earn environment, uh, the play comes first rather than earn. That's why the, the play-to-earn is not, you know, earning comes first. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, how does uh, I see Infinity incorporate um, crypto or blockchain or even NFTs if they do incorporate NFTs? Yeah, sure. Okay, so blockchain uh, in Axie Infinity, they first started off in the Ethereum blockchain, right? But because uh, those who are familiar with crypto, Ethereum blockchain has a very high gas fee. So every action you do, right, there'll be cost to it. So at the end, Axie came up with their own uh, Ronin chain. So everything is done in the uh, Ronin chain before moving on to Ethereum chain. So that at least it's just one transaction when we move to Ethereum, when they plan to sell it or when they plan to convert it into the uh, Ethereum blockchain ecosystem. Right. In terms of the NFT, uh, the Axie itself is an NFT. Right. There is a code tag to it. So every Axie is unique. So when it was sent from one player to another player, the ownership is transferred on the blockchain. So there is no such thing as a fake Axie in, uh, in the blockchain because it's quite impossible to fabricate this. Yep. All right. Okay. So uh, I guess we can talk deeper about that, but I'm here to talk to you about um, how, I guess, the larger gaming communities um, have sort of like embraced or uh, they seem to be a bit more opposed towards the presence of NFTs in gaming, right? So if if, if there is a section of um, the gaming community out there that's perhaps have sort of like uh, embraced, um, you know, these new technologies, which is, you know, pretty much ubiquitous at this point in time, um, there are other, I guess, a small, sec- well, a bigger section of the gaming community that's, I guess, a bit more re- uh, reluctant to embrace it. Uh, in fact, they view it in, in a very skeptical way, right? Uh, why do you think this is the case? You know, why is there, you know, some some form of skepticism towards all these new technologies? You know, considering that, you know, how 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 you would think that, you know, gamers would be a bit more, I guess, open minded towards these concepts. Okay. So I think uh, why they are skeptical about this is because they are being uh, presented with a new new things, I would say, like uh, being in a single game, uh, single player games. When uh, they started off with the bundle packs, the expansion packs, it was a bit skeptical as well. But later on, the community decided to, you know, uh, they're, they're getting used to it. So I think it's the same kind of cycle here when a new things are being introduced, people are more skeptical about it, right? But at the same time, NFT and blockchain, some people view it as a scam, potential scam, right? Because there are a lot of bad players around it as well. But we, we can't let like a few bad players uh, ruin the whole industry. So I hope that in the future, maybe the, the majority of the gamers will look into it, uh, maybe study it a bit, whether, you know, certain rumors are true or is it false. 
So yeah, and also with NFT gaming, it enables microtransaction, right? It's a free market to sell and buy using real life money. But in my opinion, it also empowers the player, uh, player right, to manage their own assets, the game assets, right? Because we incorporate finance into blockchain and into NFT gaming as well. So it would be very good to, how do I put this? Uh, to manage your finance, right? Even in the game. Because I think a lot of people, I mean, a lot of gamers, right? Uh, you guys want to, how do I put this? Uh, metaverse, right? So with blockchain, right? Metaverse is possible. It's even more possible because you can play a game and then it's like a real life in the game as well. You do certain tasks, you get rewarded for it. And then at the same time, you know, you can cash out the money and then, you know, go buy some food or pay off your commitment. So I think there's a very endless possibility that we can do with the black blockchain technology and NFT gaming. All right. Okay. So uh, you mentioned Metaverse. I'm going to touch on that later. But for now, I'm just responding to some of the comments that you made regarding how, I guess, gamers are skeptical, right? Uh, I think, you know, um, you know, from the perspective of gamers, I think some of them are also skeptical because they see this as an extension of how you know big developers big companies are trying to make more money on top of you know the money that that they're already making by by selling people games right so uh i guess you know apart from um expansion packs and dlcs that you mentioned earlier games have also been quote-unquote ruined by microtransactions and loot boxes as well right so um yeah as much as as much as you know the idea of making money and managing finances is also appealing i think maybe most gamers are also a bit you know, tired of, of, and they see it as, as, as developers trying to make more money on top of the, you know, already a lot of money that they're making. Right. Um, and yes, I know for a fact that, you know, it can encourage trading between gamers, but you know, maybe, maybe I guess some, some gamers are a bit more traditional, a bit more romantic, you know, in, or a bit more nostalgic in thinking about how games should be, you know, which is the priority is to, to quote unquote, have fun first. Right. Um, so how, how do you respond to that? Okay, I think uh, the first thing regarding the, the game developers uh, using NFT as uh, more ways to earn money from the, the gamers. But actually, in NFT gaming, it doesn't, it's, it's not the case. Because when, let's say, they, they sell NFT to, to players, then the player owns the NFT. And NFT usually right, comes in a limited amount in circulation. So, for example, the game developers say, this particular item is only 1,000. So, there's only 1,000 units in the world. And they also promise that they will not create more of this. So there's only 1,000 circulating and that the, the developer earn the first transaction. But later on, any kind of transaction, right, it is based on the player already. right? So in terms of uh, game developers earning more using NFT gaming, I wouldn't say that that is true. right? And in terms of whether uh, some gamers, they, use, they, they pay to win. All right? Some gamers, they want to grind, they want to uh, use their effort you know, to, to grow in the game. So I think it, it becomes a very... We need a balance because, for example, if we need items to sell to, let's say, those pay-to-win kind of players, we need players who are willing to grind the game, who are willing to learn more about the game, then only they are able to create things, create the NFT for the pay-to-win. So I think it is a balance of uh, uh, between these two types of players, right? And I also understand there are players who, you know, uh, don't want to put in a lot of money just to play and everything that's why we have a scholarship program so that you can enjoy the game while uh, we have investors who are willing to pay pay money and then you guys can play the game but in return there will be some uh, profit sharing right so i think it's a win-win and uh, there's there's a lot of parties involved so as long as there's a balance right i think it is more sustainable yeah that, that would be my opinion 
That was Kasten Young, CEO of Monster Guild, commenting on the implementation of NFTs and blockchains in gaming. We're going to make way for some messages. More after this. Stay tuned. This is Gigi Well Played on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, listening to Gigi Well Played, I'm your host Hanif Baharudin. We've been talking about the rising trend in the implementation of NFTs and blockchains in the gaming industry. So far, the majority of the stakeholders in the industry are generally skeptical and reluctant towards the trend, but let's look beyond the noise. Can NFTs and blockchains be implemented in a more tactful way in the gaming industry? We ask our guest, Gaston Young, CEO of Monstack Guild. I think the good thing about blockchain is that it is de- decentralized. So even though game developers develop a game, but when they put it into the blockchain and they enable uh, governance from the players. So for example, if you're holding a certain number of coins, you have voting rights. So if a developer want to develop something or they want to make a decision, the players have to put a vote. So when the players put a vote, uh, it is pl- player for the players. So definitely player will take care of player rather than the developer. So I think blockchain in terms of decentralizing it, it empowers the gaming community rather than, you know, uh, one player, which is the game developers controlling everything. And then some are not happy, people leave the game. But with blockchain, I think this could be, uh, you know, potentially mitigated and uh, give the, the power back to the uh, players, right? So this is one of the case scenario that I can think of. Another thing would be uh, with NFT gaming, right? There is no chance of uh, fabrication. So for example, there is no... Uh, pirated games and everything because NFTs are, are recorded on the blockchain. It is very, very hard to hack the blockchain and to create an NFT and it works in the game itself. So yeah, I think it helps a lot because uh, it helps the developer, it helps the player. So recently there are some games which has nodes. Uh, nodes meaning that I act as a server for the game as well. So that, that reduces the cost of the game development. But at the same time, right, these node owners... Uh, we use our PC to, to become a server for the players. And at the same time, there, there is some uh, small profit given to us as well to sustain ourselves because there are bills to play, uh, pay electricity and everything. So that is one implementation whereby it is decentralized. If there's anything I can add on, maybe I give a, a small explanation why blockchain works is because we, we run on smart something called smart contracts, which are written uh, by, by, by the developers uh, or the blockchain developer, not the game developer. So when uh, then they are put up onto the public network, so everyone can actually uh, audit them, right, to see if there's any loopholes or whether the things that they promise are not included into the script. Because once they launch the script, they want to change it. They need to go through the governance. All right. Let, let's talk about metaverse. Uh, you mentioned it just now. Um, and yeah, for those who are not as familiar with metaverse, what is it exactly? And is it like something that, you know, we, we used to have, you know, I, I don't know whether you're familiar with this, but I think once upon a time we have this uh, a game called Second Life, which is essentially a bit like the same, but it's also online and it allows other players to interact with each other. Uh, is metaverse something along those lines? Yeah, definitely. I, I have not uh, played Second Life before. I think Metaverse would be something like, uh, have you heard of Sword Art Online? I think most gamers would have watched this anime called Sword Art Online. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. A brief explanation. So Sword Art Online was an anime, right? But it is a game-based anime, right? So what, what happened was that they have this uh, nerf gear whereby, you know, the, the player actually jumps into the game while wearing something on their head. So... Uh, we don't have this technology now, but uh, it is quite interesting because it has to do with your neural network. So, so you're 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 actually sleeping on your uh, let's say at, at, in your bedroom, but your brain is working. 
it's working in a virtual reality, right? That's why we see some, uh, you know, we have this VR whereby we put our phone right in front of our eyes. So it's something like that, but this is way more real. Okay, so why is it a metaverse? Is because in the game itself, right, we are playing, we can see each other, but maybe our avatars are different, right? Then we can play the game, uh, we can move our hands and whatnot, and it will be reflected in game. So the metaverse would be something like, uh, let's say I have uh, game one, then I can move on to game two while bringing my same avatar or maybe even my equipments along, right? So these are uh, uh, metaverse whereby even if you eat in the game and whatnot, you can taste it, you can, uh, it's basically like life in virtual reality. So that, that is my, my concept of a uh, metaverse. Yeah, it feels natural that, I mean, especially if you're a gamer, it feels like it's not really a foreign concept. I'm not sure whether, you know, if you explain this to uh, someone who's not that familiar with the gaming world, they might feel that it's, it's a bit, oh, it's a bit out there, right? But, but for gamers, this is, this is maybe something that perhaps they've dreamed of for the longest time, right? So, um, yeah, what's, what's the potential of metaverse, you know, in, for the gaming industry, you know, um, is this like something that, gamers will get accustomed to much faster than, say, people who are not gamers? Yeah, definitely uh, gamers will get uh, much accustomed to it. Uh, Non-gamers, I- I'm not too sure because there's also the, the social aspect to it, right? For example, if you submerge yourself in VR, you can maybe meet your friends uh, overseas and see them in a, a metaverse. So so you can see them maybe with different avatars as well. And you can talk to each other, have a cup of coffee, you know, talk about life without moving away from your home, right? Especially in this COVID environment, I think if we have the, the metaverse in place, uh, I think everyone would be less stressed in the, uh, the M- during the MCO period because you still have the, you're still able to see your friends, but in a virtual reality. Yeah, all right. So um, do you think that the gaming industry will then be the platform where this concept will be tested first, considering how, I guess, close they are one way or another? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure because I think even uh, there are already some games that are already in uh, virtual reality, not not metaverse, whereby you can move around and then you move around in the game as well. So with uh, with this technology being more advanced in the gaming side, so metaverse is definitely more feasible and probably faster uh, using the gaming side because there are also economy uh, uh, surrounding it, right? We also don't want, you know, those who are, hardcore gamers and then they submerge themselves in the game but they can't sustain in real life. Yeah, so I think met- uh, gaming will likely be the way to go for metaverse. Yeah. All right. Okay, so, you know, as much as I guess um, the scene is, I guess, pretty vibrant now, it is still relatively new as well and I think considering how um, right now at least, you know, there seems to be, I guess, um, like a, a backlash towards, towards, you know, the implementation of NFTs and blockchains in gaming, do you think that this will change uh, in the future? You know, considering that, you know, um, your level of proximity towards the scene, um, do you think that this will eventually change in the future? Should gamers, um, the traditional gamers at least, be prepared to eventually embrace um, NFTs, uh, cryptos and blockchains in their games, uh, in whatever concepts or uh, whatever ways um, they're being implemented? And how should they, yeah, perhaps, you know, um, receive it? You know, should they be a bit more... Should they be a bit more open-minded towards it? Should, should they be less skeptical towards it? Uh, I think in my opinion, right, they, they should be more open-minded if let's say a game title, it's, uh, it, it interests them. So so put the blockchain aside, look at the game, uh, put the blockchain NFT aside, look at the game, whether uh, it does it resembles what you're doing now. So for example, in MMORPG, you can start off the game 
And then you can still buy weapons and whatnot in the game itself. But there will be definitely be NFT incorporated maybe for the higher tiered weapons. But you, you also need to uh, put a lot of effort to, to get this kind of uh, item. And it's not like straight away, when the game launches, you straight away can buy it, buy like all the god items and whatnot. So I think uh, gamers will be more open to it if game developers put the play or the fun first, right? Rather than pushing that, you know, you play this game, then you can earn back your, your, your invested money in a few months' time, those kind of things. So I think now we're lacking a lot of quality game developers, right, in the NFT gaming space. So if the bigger players are willing to come in, then definitely we can make it work. Yeah. So then, then maybe the traditional gamers are more open, open to it, right? Instead of uh being upfront and saying no, it's blockchain, it's, it's NFT, it's crypto. I don't want to get into it because uh you know that there are some bad bad news about it. Yeah. So I think they uh they should be more open to it because there's nothing much to lose. Do you think that developers should also change the way they communicate uh these things to to gamers? Yes, definitely, definitely. I think they should sell the 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 game first, the the game. The gameplay, how is it like? The graphics, because those are what attracts gamers. The competitive landscape as well. So we have esports like Dota is very big, but in Axie Infinity it is there, but it is not as big. You know, like the prize pool isn't big, uh, the community isn't that big yet. But definitely, with let's say the traditional gamers were to support us, I'm sure this will grow and there will be more acceptance in the uh, gaming space. All right. Okay. So, um, I I guess we can stop right now. But I'm looking forward to having you on again to perhaps you know talk deeper about this, uh, subject, right? Because I I guess it's still there are still a lot of things to unearth. Uh, but for now, for people out there who would like to I guess find out more about what you do, where can they go to? Yeah, they can go to my Twitter. So my Twitter is uh Monstex Gaius. Uh, I probably spell it out better. M O S T A X and then G A I U S. So it's uh, at Monstax Gaius. So it's on my Twitter. And there you can also find our Monstax Guild Discord. So you can join and then we also, because we are embarking into a few NFT games uh, whereby players don't have to put in any money. They can just come in as a scholar, right? And try out the game. Okay, if you really like the game, you can always graduate as a scholar and then move on to the game by investing your own money or, or some games might be free to play, right? In the NFT games as well. You're tuned into Gigi Wellplane and that was Gaston Young, CEO of Monster Guild, sharing his thoughts on the rising trend of developers flirting with the implementation of NFTs and blockchain in their games. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on bfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and also Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email, ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. This has been Gigi Wellplane. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.